Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIPC. Yeah, I'm Nigel. Guy Relford, the gun guy, filling in for Jason Hammer. He's a Second Amendment attorney, licensed firearms instructor, and we have a whole boatload of people waiting we, to talk to you for we this do. segment. And, and by the way, Nigel, I was just corrected. My lovely wife, Julie... Uh, texted me after that last segment, and you asked me about pre-trial rituals, uh, right? And I, and I said, you. "No, I don't really have one." You know, and she goes, "You liar!" She goes, "You always wear your Superman underwear <laughs> when you go to trial." <laughs> oh, good lord! Okay, and I'm sure everyone wanted to know that, but that's exactly. Well, I only have one pair, so that's only good for a one-day <laughs> trial. Uh, but you know, she's exactly right. But in the meantime, you're exactly right. We got a whole bunch of people who have called in for Ask the Gun Guy. So uh, you want to go right to the phone lines? Do it. You, All right, let's go. Uh, and we got Jeff. Jeff, welcome to Hammer Nigel, man. What do you got for um, Ask the Gun Guy? Hey, thank you. It's an honor. Um, and the first thing, Mr. Gilford, look, uh, thank you for representing Hoosiers like you do. And I, I want to throw a shout-out to you to Representative Bartz, who has helped you, and thank you for everything you do for Hoosiers, as well, well you, as man. nationally for the Second Amendment. Well, I appreciate that question. a lot. Question. I've got a daughter. Uh, she's the youngest one in my clan. I'm 61. For the last 13 years of her life, we fire 40 rounds, 40 rounds a week probably. And she lives down by herself in Monroe County. She's carried a handgun. She has her Makarov. She has a, a Smith and Wesson 40. She carries them. She's not been to the classes. I've taught her everything I know. See, instead of her coming all the way to you, which I wish she could, trust me. Do you know anybody in Monroe County that you can trust and give me a, give me a, uh, uh, maybe a somewhere I can I'll, lean? Her I'll tell you what. Just right next door in Bartholomew County, good friend of mine, Tammy Watkins. It's Tamara Watkins. Um, you can find her on social media. Uh, she's with Watson Chambers Defense Institute. She does a lot of ladies-only classes. She does mixed classes as well. She's a former Indiana State Trooper, and she's an outstanding instructor um, and an all-around solid person. Does a lot of good work on on Second Amendment issues too, Jeff. So um, if you can hook up with Tamara Watson, she's in Columbus. Uh, she'd be fantastic uh, for your daughter and and uh, or or you as well if you're interested. Uh, Tammy does a great job. Well, I was going to say, I mean, Jeff, I, without knowing Jeff personally, sounds like a pretty competent. Guy oh yeah, and, no and doubt. His guns. I mean, does it? I mean, you still recommend, even though he's he. Yeah. He, I mean, his daughter was brought up around that. But that's my mindset, though, Nigel. I'm a training junkie. I, I've been a okay. certified instructor yeah. for 30 years, and I I've taken five classes as a student this year. I just wow. don't think you can ever get enough training. Okay. Every class you take, you learn uh, something more you didn't know. Um, and so I, I'm a training junkie, and and yeah, and I'm I'm sure Jeff's done a fabulous job of, of teaching his his daughter what he knows. But I think going and taking a class from a from a reputable instructor like Tammy Watson I just mentioned uh, all makes a lot of sense and and I absolutely recommend it let's go back to the phone lines we got red red thanks for calling hammer and Nigel hey thanks for taking my call guys sure man um, so long story short I used to be an avid uh, gun connoisseur and then I collected uh, some nonviolent felonies so now all my equipment is with my father-in-law uh-huh. um, my question is 
I've heard mixed stories. My wife, I've gotten her into shooting, and she has got her own gun. What is the law for her being able to have a gun in our home, even though I'm a convicted felon? Or is that an option? Uh, well, it is. I mean, she's not at risk, uh, Red, um, in terms of um, of having a gun. Uh, she can have a gun in the house if she wants, and she's not violating the law. What um, you need to be concerned about is you're at risk because if you have access to those guns, because it's illegal for you as even as a nonviolent felon under federal law you can't possess a gun. By the way, after eight years, uh, you can expunge those off your record and give me a call. I'd be glad to help you with that as well. But in the meantime, while those are on your record, you can't possess a gun under federal law. We have two kinds of possession in Indiana. There's actual possession, which is just what it sounds like. You got a gun in your hand, you got a gun in your waistband, in your pocket, you know, in your backpack. Then there's what's called constructive possession. And that's where you have access to the gun with the capacity to exercise what we call dominion and control over that gun. So, for instance, if there was a gun on your wife's nightstand and you had a break in or a burglary or whatever, and you called police and you're the only one home, and there's a gun sitting there on your wife's nightstand and you're the only one in the home, then you could go to jail for possessing that gun and uh, under what's called constructive possession. Um, so one thing that, that I've advised people to do that makes a lot of sense is uh, for her to get a, a, a quick access gun safe that only opens on her fingerprints, only program her prints into it, not yours. So that way, if she needs that gun, she can open it. And, and then that technology has improved dramatically. They're very reliable anymore. And uh, so she can get it to it, get to it with her fingerprints. You can't access it. It's locked up. It's not accessible to you. You don't have to worry about this constructive possession, and she can have a gun in the home. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. And Ed has called. Ed, welcome to Hammer and Nigel. Hey, thanks, Superman and Nigel. Thanks for taking my call. <laughs> uh, a ser- serious, uh, kind of a random question here, uh, guy. I'm getting tired of reading the so-called experts on the Internet. And in the upcoming next month, from what I've been reading, and then at the beginning of next year, do you know, I'm hoping you know, you've got some insight, where are we with the upcoming proposed stabilizing pistol brace ban? Yeah. And for people, it's a it's a good question, Ed. Is it? This has caused so much confusion. What this is is um, that you can have a, a pistol. Um, and and it's not illegal even if it's in a rifle caliber as long as it's designed to be fired with one hand. If it's a rifle, meaning desired to be designed to be fired from the shoulder, it ha- it can't have a barrel under 16 inches. So people are, are building or, or buying you know AR style pistols or AK style pistols, and and the industry has come up with what's called a pistol stabilizer brace, which is something that kind of looks like a shoulder stock, but you put it on there and it's actually designed to fit around your forearm to help you shoot one hand. But people put them on, and then they use them as a brace, and the and, and as a stock, I should say. And the the ATF has come out now with a new rule, and this goes into effect December twentieth. Don't quote me on that date, but it's coming up here in December. Goes into effect, and now they're saying that all braces are not necessarily a free pass. That you can't necessarily have a pistol brace on your pistol without turning it into a short-barreled rifle that requires you to register it with the federal government. You could otherwise do 10 years in federal prison. And what now wow. there's a point system. So it's based on caliber, weight, barrel length, configuration, um, the actual 
uh, design of the brace itself, there's a point system. And each thing, like weight and caliber, gets a certain number of points. And if you get over a total number of points, now it's a short-barreled rifle, and you have to register it and get your tax stamp. Uh, or you could look at it 10 years in federal prison. And what they're really doing, Nige, is it's a way for the ATF to bluff everybody into going out and getting their stamps and registering their pistols as oh, short-barreled wow. rifles. So I didn't want to get too deep in the weeds. If people haven't heard those terms or if that's not interesting to them, I understand. But that's what Ed's talking about. Uh, we got time for one more before we take a break. Or you yeah, want to take one a break? more quick one, and then we'll take a break. And okay, we'll and, and by the way, don't hang up if you're on yeah. hold because we're going to come back and do more next segment. But we'll, uh, we'll take Michael. Michael, welcome to Hammer and Nigel. Hey, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Sure, man. Hey, you were talking yesterday about uh, identifying um, uh, a bullet or whatever in uh, state police. They do analysis and all that, and uh-huh. they can get, you know match them up in that. But with the guns these days, let's just say with the Glocks, um, a twenty-two, it's a forty cal. Um, you get twenty different guys with the same gun, same type of ammo. Can they really match that up to which gun fired That's which a good one? Question. Yeah, no, it's a great question, Michael. And what the issue is is that um, you're 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 looking at these through incredible magnification. So you're you're blowing these up to a, a dr- tremendous degree. To where you're looking at a at a at a at a greatly magnified uh, image to match up very tiny little imperfections in the 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 extractor itself, and then what marks that extractor makes on the shell casing. It will be a battle of the experts. I'll guarantee you. you you'll have defense experts who will come in and say, "Look, this is not like a fingerprint. It's not even like matching the ballistics on a bullet when you're looking at an extractor mark or a striker mark." On a, on a shell casing or on a cartridge, and you will have a battle of the experts. You will have other experts to come in to say, oh, no, at this level of magnification, I can say with 100% certainty, this extractor from this gun caused this mark on this cartridge. But it'll be a battle of the experts, and uh, and the jury will have to decide how credible that evidence is. Let's take a break. If you're on hold, stay there. We'll have another quick segment with uh, Ask the Gun Guy. Guy Relford, my name is Nigel. We'll be right back. 34 and sunny at the American Standard Heating Weather Center, 93 WIBC. Guy Relford filling in for Hammer. I'm Nigel. You got more uh, callers there for Ask the Gun Guy. We absolutely do. Let's go right back to the phone lines and uh, we'll get as many as we can in before the end of the segment. We got John. John, welcome to Hammer and Nigel. Hey, guys. Sorry, I don't have Thunderstruck playing for you in the background today. It's <laughs> all right. What do you got for us? Question about Richard Allen's case. Yeah. The defense team wants to move the case to 150 miles away from Carroll County, which yeah. basically in Indiana would leave either Jeffersonville or Evansville if the judge allows it. My question is, why do they do something like this when they know they're not going to find 12 people who have never heard of the case? Is this to find 12 people that are as emotionally detached from it as possible? Yeah, John, I, and, and, and Nigel and I are going to talk about this later in the show, but um, you know, there's an argument to be made, and I think it's legitimate that the the whole Delphi community, if not the whole Carroll County community, has been victimized by this crime as well as um, Abby and Libby and their families. In other words, when when you've had you know a murderer, as far as you know, living among you uh, for all this time, and and the the fear that puts into your heart and and the concern that gives you for your own family or your own children, including your daughters. I mean, there's an argument to say that 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 
that whole community has been victimized by this crime. And and when you have that kind of emotion uh, involved, I don't think it's a stretch to say it, that that adds a, a challenge to getting a fair and impartial jury. Uh, maybe that's the defense lawyer in me uh, talking, John, but I, I think it's a totally legitimate argument that in a, in a small town like this, a small county, you need to move it out. Uh, it's not that no one's going to have heard of the case outside Carroll County. They clearly will, but it's they're less likely to be dominated by emotion because they haven't been really part of that victimized community, is, is how I would put it. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. We've got Greg. Greg, welcome to Hammer and Nigel. Hey, Hammer and Nigel. Hey, um, I, I want to get your take on something that happened just a few months ago in Greenwood, Indiana. You probably already know where I'm going. And uh, this guy goes into Greenwood Park Mall, walk right past a shop that my daughter works in, and opens fire in the food court. Yep. Well, luckily, there's a guy there that's armed, and he takes the shooter out. And he's hailed as a hero, and as far as I'm concerned, he was. I mean, who knows how many lives he saved. Right. But the, that's Eli Dickin, who's, who's my client. Yeah, well, and the irony is Simon Mall has a strict policy of no firearms. Yet they still held him as a hero. Well, if you'll remember, not very long after that, another guy goes into the food court, gets his food, sits down, takes his backpack off, and unspelt, unspent uh, casings or shells, whatever. About 30 right? Yeah, 30 and, seconds, and we've sir. only got about 30 seconds. And, Greg, let me cut you off, buddy. I apologize, but we're running out of town, but out of time. But let me, let me tell you, the difference is the guy you're talking about dropped actual magazines onto the ground in the same food court where this had happened, and I think scared a lot of people. And and I do see that as different. Uh, you can you can call it hypocritical, perhaps, but I completely understand it. ton more after 5 o'clock. It is the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. We'll be back.